Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tell Me Everything. Ten weeks until Election Day, November 8th, 2022. We have a lot to cover on the show tonight, and I am looking forward to digging in. Later this hour, we're going to be talking to Ann Warner, who's the Chief Executive Officer of South Carolina Women's Rights and Empowerment Network, South S.C. Wren, W.R.E.N. There was a vote in the South Carolina House of Representatives for another abortion ban. Ann Warner, her colleagues have been fighting this. There was already an abortion ban that's been blocked by the Supreme Court of South Carolina. We're going to unpack that. Another state where Republicans are intent on controlling the lives and bodies of women. So many news stories tonight. I mean, I want to get into politics, but my God, the climate crises that we are seeing around the world right now are so frightening and scary. We have seen massive rainstorms in this country. We have seen thousand year rains, five thousand year rains happen this summer alone. Look what's happening in Pakistan. Fourteen hundred people dead. Tens of millions displaced because of record monsoons and flooding caused by glacier melting, climate change fueled glacier melting. It is a humanitarian disaster. And it the the, the world really needs to respond and we need to get used to this because it's gonna happen a lot more. Here in this country, Jackson, Mississippi, the capital of Mississippi is in a water emergency. They don't have any potable water. The governor, Tate Reeves, declared the other night an emergency. And he actually said, this is different 
This is a very different situation from a boil water notice. Until it is fixed, we do not have reliable running water at scale. The capital of an American city. It's a city that's 80% black. It has been abused and neglected by Republicans in that state. In fact, um, Nick Juden, who writes at Mississippi Free Press today, reported on an EPA report highlighting critical failure on the part of the capital city's leaders in pursuing new water operations and, and, and implementing an alternative water plan. Just a cavalcade of errors and the people in that city, 180,000 people without water. It's a disgrace. It's despicable. It is what you get from Republican leadership. So Republicans, they want to take the House. They want to take the Senate. But guess what, you guys? They're having some troubles. Yeah, they're having some troubles in Republican land. One of the big troubles is their dear leader, Donald Trump. He has dominated the airwaves. He has been front and center overnight. He was posting on that batshit crazy website of his, Truth Social, a bunch of batshit crazy conspiracy theories, inciting violence. They all own it. They wanted it. He's their leader. They believed in him. And they still do. And they're stuck with him. The Washington Post tonight, Actually, I read this article and it was one of these articles that I'm reading in every paragraph. I'm like, are you shitting me? Who Are you kidding? So the headline, Republicans in key races scrap online references to Trump abortion. They start by talking about Yelsey Vega, who's running against Abigail Spanberger in Virginia's 7th Congressional District. She doesn't mention her connection to Donald Trump anymore on her Twitter page. And there are so many Republicans who are backing away from their abortion positions. This is what the Post article says. At least nine Republican congressional candidates have scrubbed or amended references to Trump or abortion from their online profiles in recent months, distancing themselves from divisive subjects that some GOP strategists say are two of the biggest liabilities for the party ahead of the post-Labor Day sprint to Election Day. Okay. Divisive subjects, biggest liabilities. This is theirs. Donald Trump is theirs. You know, guess what? They figured out he's divisive and a liability. No kidding. No kidding, right? I mean, like, we could have told you. We have told you. But, oh, no, complete fealty to Donald Trump, their dear leader. Now they're trying to back away. And abortion? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Republicans think they can back away from abortion for decades, for decades. They said they were going to overturn Roe v. Wade and ban abortion for decades. And guess what? They got it. They got their wish. June 24th, the Supreme Court they put in place to do that exact thing gave them what they wanted, their prize, an abortion ban. And since then, we've seen states around the country going further and further, putting women's lives at risk every day. Like I said, we're going to talk about South Carolina in a few minutes. This article is one of many that we're seeing. And I got to tell you, I, I, I was reading it thinking, if they think they can get away with this, listen to this. Listen, listen to this paragraph. Some Republican strategists cautioned against getting into debates over abortion with Democrats. Such strategies will only turn 
the midterms into contests favorable to the opposition, they said. Oh, those Republican strategists, wow, geniuses, right? There is no not getting into debates over abortion. Republicans wanted the abortion ban. Republicans in Mississippi passed the law that led to the Dobbs decision. Republicans in Texas passed SB 8, the bounty law. We are seeing Republicans around the country pass stricter laws. We have seen it in Indiana, Oklahoma, South Carolina now. We've seen it. What do we, they think we're all stupid? And this is why it's so important for Democrats to lean in. It is so important for Democrats to lean in and not take any shit from Republicans. And the great example we have, we've talked about it a lot on the show, and we've talked about it a lot on this channel, Pat Ryan winning that race in New York 19 last week on June 24th. Now, I'll tell you, the day before, I was chatting with a consultant, a D.C. consultant, who told me that a lot of D.C. consultants on the Dem side were saying they didn't think abortion was going to be a big issue. I thought they were batshit crazy. I said, those, those people are wrong. I mean, I had been doing State of the States, and every candidate I talked to said when they knocked on doors, that was the first thing anyone wanted to talk about. And that was just after the leak. That was even before the decision. That decision came out June 24th. Pat Ryan launched that that day, and he never backed away from the abortion issue and calling out Republicans for their extremism and for their threat to democracy, because that's what they are. They are a threat to democracy, and they are taking away our rights. <laughs> like, this guy named John Braybender, a veteran GOP communications consultant. Listen to this quote. The more Republicans are explaining their position on the Supreme Court ruling, the more they are playing in the field of battle that the Democrats want. I do think that we're letting the Democrats frame the issue, and candidates are falling into that trap in too many of our races. What? Republicans put those justices on the court. Donald Trump, they were triumphant about it. They knew exactly what he was going to do. We're playing on a field of battle that Republicans created. We don't want this. We don't want abortion bans. We absolutely do not. And we have to fight against them. But the idea that they're playing in the field of battle that the Democrats want. Yeah, well, we're taking it. We're taking the fight to them. And Republicans didn't expect that. This is a continuation of his quote. I do think we're letting the Democrats frame the issue and candidates are falling into that trap in too many of our races. I do think we're letting the Democrats frame the issue. Democrats are framing the issue because they're leaning in and not being afraid of it. And I think Republicans really thought they probably heard the same kind of blather that I had heard that the polling wasn't that good and Democrats weren't going to lean into the issue because I'm sure they're Democratic strategists who are blabbing that around town between May 2nd when we, the leak came out and June 24th when the decision came out. I know how that whole crowd works. And then the same people who were saying that were also telling it to the strategists and the, the prognosticators and they were telling the Republicans. No one thought this was going to be an issue. But in their gut, so many candidates knew it in the Democratic side. This is fundamental. I had been saying in the lead up to Dobbs, you know, we saw it in the LGBT world in November of 2008, the day Barack Obama won, we lost on Prop 8. Marriage rights were taken away and it changes you when you lose rights. It changed the gay community going into the Obama administration. And it has changed fundamentally this country. It has changed the politics 
of this country dramatically. That's why you're seeing, you know, Dave Wasserman at the Cook Report, who a couple of weeks ago with his colleagues were predicting, you know, maybe Republicans are going to pick up 20 to 35 seats. The headline today on his piece, published late this afternoon, House Overview, GOP control no longer a foregone conclusion. And what this is also doing, and I do take some glee in this part of it, what this is also doing is pitting Republicans against each other. <laughs> We're going to take a break right near, right now and tell me everything. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to Tell Me Everything here on SiriusXM Progress. We have been talking a lot about abortion on this show, on this channel, and it is the issue is playing out in states around the country, in Republican-controlled legislatures, and there has been a lot of activity in South Carolina, including a bill that passed in the House today. I am really honored that you could take some time to talk to us today, Ann Warner, the CEO of Women's Right and Empowerment Network, REN in South Carolina. Welcome to Tell Me Everything. Thank you so much for having me. So you've had a busy day. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, well, I'm pretty tired, but hanging in there. Um, it has definitely been a very long day here in Columbia. So... Lay out to our audience what happened today with House Bill 5399. Well, this is a bill that um, has been rushed through during a a special session um, of the South Carolina General Assembly. So this is not a normal time of year for the legislature to be in session. Um, Normally, they are meeting from January through May. So this session was called um, really uh, as a as an opportunity after the um, Dobbs decision was leaked in early May um, and before the legislature adjourned, as they usually do in May. They created this opportunity for a special session related to abortion legislation. So we've seen our entire summer um, down here dominated by the abortion issue. And House Bill 5399 is a total abortion ban, um, uh, banning abortion from uh, conception and um, is, you know, extreme. It's radical. It's harmful. 
and um, the uh, unfortunately the the um, this is what has passed today um, narrowly after a really incredibly contentious day of debate in the House and over weeks and weeks of you know people speaking out against this bill doctors patients um, domestic violence advocates uh, regular people up in arms about how harmful this bill um, is it passed today after just a really uh, dizzying array of political maneuvers inside the chamber yeah uh, I, I was trying to keep track of it and there's also this legislature had already passed a six-week abortion ban. That's right. That and, if, and it took effect when Dobbs was struck down. But mm-hmm. your courts have blocked that from implementation. So talk a little yeah. bit about that. And then h- how does this all play out? Let's, let's, we'll dive into that in a bit. Yes. So the um, the six week ban was passed by the legislature in 2021, but um, was quickly blocked by the courts. And that um, injunction held up until after the Dobbs decision um, was released in June. And at that point, as you said, um, that six week ban went into effect just within a couple of days after that decision came down. And um, so it was in effect um, for about six weeks, I believe. It's hard to keep up with the time frame at this point. So much has happened. But then Planned Parenthood and other um, providers here in South Carolina actually decided to pursue um, a, a lawsuit based on the South Carolina Constitution, which has a right to privacy within it. And... Um, filed that lawsuit and just a couple of weeks ago the state supreme court of south carolina um, did put a temporary injunction on the six-week ban until they can deliberate and and come to a final decision so it's been chaotic it's been confusing um healthcare providers are really in a terrible position of not knowing what's legal and what's not patients are confused they're scared and um right now we are legally at a point where um, abortion is legal up to 20 weeks gestation in south carolina um under the conditions of this this current temporary injunction but um, it is uh, it's unclear when the when the Supreme Court will make a determination on that lawsuit. And then in the meantime, while all that hangs in the balance, you know, we've got this chaos on the status of the current six week ban. The legislature is not content with that. They want to push through this total outright ban. Um, so it's really outrageous that we're at the at this point where, you know, we've had an extreme bill already passed, currently being considered by the Supreme Court, why we would rush to pass an even more extreme and harmful bill just really doesn't make any sense at all. So, I mean, never want to um, understand the machinations and motivations of a lot of legislators, but why did they decide to rush this through? It, was it for purely political reasons or was it just because they could? Well, I think it's a combination of both. I think there's they yeah. they see a moment, they see an opportunity, they 
They feel like there's momentum on the heels of the Dobbs decision. And I think that they know that this moment will not last because there will be backlash. You know, we're, we are already seeing it and feeling it in terms of how many people are showing up outraged today. Um, Ren and our partners had a rally at the state house. We packed um, the state house lobby. Hundreds of people came out. So we're starting to see this surge of activism like we've never seen before. So I think, uh, you know, the legislators recognize that this uh, may be a fleeting moment and that particularly once, you know, the, 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 the most egregious harms from this bill with people being denied essential health care, um, with, you know, people being locked up because of um, uh, pregnancy outcomes, doctors being in prison, those kinds of things, if those, if and when this bill passes and those come to pass, then the backlash, um, I think, will be even more intense. Um, and it was hard to escape the feeling when, you know, standing in there today and listening to all the debate and all the maneuvering to feel like it wasn't a, a political game um, and that, you know, people's lives are unfortunately what's at stake in this moment while people try to maneuver and do whatever they can to win. Oh, my God. It, like the idea that you can play a political game when when it become, has become clear in these past few months, which many states have already known the dangers of abortion bans and the impact that that it has on women and girls. Um, and one of the things uh, that really caught my attention last week, um, and it it was a video that got almost four million views on Twitter of a South Carolina Representative Neil Collins actually talking about what he's finally figured out about legislation that he supported, um, mm-hmm. which it, it, it got a ton of national attention. Right. Just talk about that a little bit. And, 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 and it doesn't seem to have bothered any of, the, any of the rest of them. Well, I think we heard Representative Collins say out loud what a lot of people are hearing um, from their constituents, which is that these these bills are dangerous and they put people's lives at risk. And um, his words, you know, I think put put a really fine point on that. And he talked about the fact that we've got, you know, young women um, who are being turned away from critical medical care by their providers um, because of these really narrow um, restrictions on what they can and cannot do under the law. And um, so so we heard him speak at some length about, you know, the, the anguish that that was causing him as somebody who had a, who had voted for that. And, um, you know, I think that there are plenty of other legislators who are hearing stories like that. Not all of them are willing to say it out loud or are willing to vote um, in a way that would keep those situations from happening, unfortunately. Um, so, so we need to see, you know, the the political courage and and the votes to match the gravity, the impact this is actually having on people's lives. And we didn't see that today by by the majority of the body. And one of the things I, I know you have spoken about um, strongly and uh, across, uh, you know, across South Carolina, but also on. Uh, you know, CNN and other places, and is the is the impact it has on 
the impact these abortion bans have on the health care of women who just can't afford health care and how it makes their lives so much more complicated. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, what we know that one of the biggest reasons um, that people do seek abortion care is for economic reasons. Um, and South Carolina already has a lot of really serious economic challenges. We have a, a lot of women living below the federal poverty line. We have one of the biggest gender and racial wage gaps in the country. We have one of the highest maternal mortality rates in the country. So we are already um, have some serious problems that we need to be dealing with today. And what these proposed laws do is make all of those conditions worse. They don't do anything to actually address, you know, the root causes of what would compel someone to seek an abortion. And what they do is increase economic hardship. Um, and there have been plenty of really um, rigorous studies that have shown the, the very direct impact that the denial of abortion care has on people's economic status, that they're more likely to be living in poverty, more likely to be unemployed. And then also the children, their children are more likely to be um, living in poverty than those who um, are able to receive the care that they seek. So this is just, you know, intensifying what is already a really difficult situation for a lot of people. And I, I think that's getting lost. Um, too much of the time that we're we're not thinking about this as um, as healthcare and as a very real need and uh, that many people have and that folks are living in um, conditions that you know that are challenging and it's not the business of the legislators to further limit the choices that people have in their lives. I mean, that's just going in absolutely the wrong direction. If they want to, you know, create a culture of life and health and prosperity, they need to be expanding access to healthcare. They need to be making sure that people earn a wage that's sufficient to take care of themselves and their families. Um, denying people access to healthcare is just going to make um, people's lives harder. I got it. Like you said, they, they they called a special session to make sure that they could do this. And just we mentioned State Representative Neil Collins, who got all that attention and gave that remarkable speech last week about the impact. And it got very emotional and it got four million views. And he actually voted for the abortion ban today, too. So just like he did. wanted to put a um, final point on that. So what happens now? It's past the House. The bill won't go to the Senate. What's the expectation? What's the fight like going to be there? Well, there'll there'll be a perfunctory vote in in the House tomorrow. So so in order for it to fully get all the way through the House. But the big vote in the House was today. And yes, the the fight in the Senate is going to be one to watch. You know, that's where we tend to see some of the most dramatic, uh, the dramatic fights and and the more deliberative body. We know we've got a lot of people who are feeling the pressure um, from constituents who are um, concerned is is the most mild way of putting it. Many of them are are downright outraged by what they're seeing from their legislators. And um, so, you know, Ren's focus in this is, first of all, educating folks on what's happening and making sure that they know how to get in touch with, with their senators to make to 
make their opinions and their voices heard. And we're going to, you know, fight like hell um, all the way um, through the Senate and for as long as it takes to be able to restore uh, abortion access and rights in South Carolina and to ensure that people actually get access to the health care and the resources resources that they need to live their um you know fully healthy um lives where they can you know live up to their aspirations and not within the limitations of what the legislature thinks that they should be entitled to do with their lives can can i just ask you um in terms of like you know uh, on on your twitter page today which is ren network w-r-e-n WRE Network. There's a lot of pictures from the rally that you mentioned mm-hmm. at the State House. I would have to think that the legislators in, particularly Republican legislators, who thought they were just going to ram this through, were probably a little bit caught off guard by the intensity of the opposition from your side. Has that started to, you know, um, you know, and, and plus, look, we've, we're coming off what happened in Kansas. You know, mm-hmm. or we, you know, I've talked to folks at the working on the campaign in Kentucky, another you know red state, and they are said that the intensity is amazing in their state too. Are they feeling it? Are legislators feeling it? Oh yeah, absolutely. They're feeling it on all sides, and they're they're literally hearing it. You know, we had people inside the chamber today, um, and and they were making noise so that. Um, House members could hear that. And that's, and you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg. The thing is, is that we know from every public opinion poll that these abortion bans are deeply unpopular and that the more people learn about them, the more uh, unpopular that they become. And so that pressure is absolutely mounting. And this is just the beginning. Because again, as people realize that this isn't just political posturing, that they're actually you know, trying to enact a total abortion ban in the year 2022, they're not gonna stand for it. So, so that pressure is being felt, but it's only gonna grow in the weeks to come. Really important. I, I know you've had a really busy day and I know your day's not over. So I, I just really wanna thank you um, for joining us tonight and um i mentioned your twitter page but you're also uh your website scren scwren.org check it out if you live in south carolina make sure you're calling your state senators this is really important the vote will be next week final vote in the house tomorrow as ann warner told us and then next week in the senate thank you so much first thank you for the work you're doing you and your colleagues are doing. And thank you for talking to us tonight here on uh, Tell Me Everything. Thank you so much, Joe. I really appreciate it. All right. And keep us posted how things are going, too. And uh, we'll keep an eye on it, too. And just uh, keep encouraging our South Carolina listeners. And we do have a lot to make sure they're calling their state senators. Take care and good luck with everything. Thank you. Uh, We're going to take a break here on Tell Me Everything. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best 
to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Let's get on the phone. Steve in San Diego. Hey, Steve, what's going on? Hey, Joe. Um, I'd like to compare you with John by just letting you know that I also think you are a patriot because you not only speak truth to power, you now speak truth to the totally insane. So I thank you for your service. With that said, (laughs) um, speaking of um, these fucking crazy Republicans and the monster they created, you know, I tell people, you know, the magna Republicans are like the village idiots of our democracy. And it took that village to create that Frankenstein, that monster. And they had two choices. They can either destroy it or let the monster Frankenstein destroy the village. It seems as though he's destroying the village. And the good thing about that is that we all know it takes a village to raise a child of Frankenstein. So there won't be a village in the future to create a Donald Jr. (laughs) My my last thought is that... um, (laughs) You know, oh, your, your your first speaker who was speaking about abortion, I'm sorry, I forgot her name. She yeah, missed yeah. the biggest evil thing in South Carolina and that created this whole crazy issue about abortion. It's Lindsey Graham. Oh. Lindsey Graham's to blame for all of this. You know, so well, in any event. So. And Lindsey out there, you know, I, I think Lindsey is surprised at how much you get the shit kicked out of him for, you know, saying there'll be blood in the oh. streets, riots in the streets. Uh, oh. There was a Washington Post editorial. And, you know, Lindsey likes to pretend he doesn't care about that stuff because he's, you know, but, you know, he's, a big he's still. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's a horrific person. He's just, a- Ugh, just awful. And the fact that the White House and Biden have taken shots at him and put it out there. You know, this is a United States senator encouraging violence. No, we're not putting up with that. Anyways, I, I, um, <laughs> thanks for invoking Lindsay because Lindsay's almost as bad for me as Susan Collins. Hearing the name Susan Collins makes me crazy. Hearing Lindsay just pisses me oh. off. <laughs> oh, Lindsay, you know, the, Trump has something on Lindsay. He's got to have something on Lindsay. And I just can't, I hope I live to, to the day where I find out what that was all about. <laughs> Steve, I hope surprised. so too. <laughs> yeah. So and Trump's the one that'll blab it too, because Trump blabs everything. So it's a matter of time. <laughs> we'll find out. Thanks for the call tonight. It's good to talk to you. Let's stay on the phones. Dave in Washington. Dave, what's going on? Hey, not too much, Joe. Hey, look on this topic of fascism. You know, and I don't want to sound critical of of Joe Biden because I understand. You know, he's got he's, he's president for everybody, so he's got to tread carefully. But this this problem of fascism is really really uh, dangerous, right? And mm-hmm. and um, uh, Elon Musk said something today 
that I think is important because um, it connects. It, 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 what it does is it shows something I've been trying to say for a long time. What is the connection between corporations in America and fascism? Right, that's like a missing link that I don't think anyone's getting. Well, Elon Musk said that, you know, uh, birth rate, the low birth rate is more dangerous than climate change. Now, I mean, I know that's absurd to me and you and anybody that's paying attention. And even a guy from the U.N. said Elon Musk needs to stick to building cars and leave population studies to anthropologists and, you know, experts like that. And um, I uh, this is a right wing meme that Elon Musk is saying. And and it's really, um, you know, we we are relying on. Definitely 100% of, of Republicans, but even some Democrats like Kirsten Sinema, who, you know, d- demanded that, you know, we don't tax um, private equity firms. That's the only way she'll cooperate, right? As long as we don't, right. ta- you know, tax private equity. Well, this this thing is, um, you know, the laboratory of democracy are these companies that we work for. and, and the, But there is no democracy there. <laughs> it's no democracy right. there. And, and a lot of these, um, you were basically what he reminds me of, you know, like we're hoping that, that, that a woman's right to choose that right will be preserved in the corporate environment, right? Like these CEOs will enable and empower women to exercise their rights. It's not going to happen. And, and Elon Musk is, is, he is, um, illustrating that by saying, look, it's, it's birth rate. It's birth rates what we got to worry about. You know, he's, he's already starting to, to run away. And to tell you the truth, I, he reminds me, if you want to use the Nazi Germany comparisons, because that was like the original laboratory of fascism. Well, Italy was, but you know what I'm saying. Um, he reminds me of Fritz Feissen. Fritz Feissen said he didn't like Hitler in any way, shape, or form. He would not, you know, he would not socialize with Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler was way beneath him. But Adolf Hitler was in charge of Germany, and that's where Fritz Feissen had his corporate interests. I mean, he had employees to take care of. He used the old excuse, right? Look, I had my employees to take care of. I had responsibilities. And, you know, and it also reminded me today when with this Artemis rocket launch. You know, they were talking about how Elon Musk and the Starship project can do it at a fraction of the price. You know, all this waste in the government, he could do it at like one-tenth the price, right? And I'm like, you know, this is what I'm saying. And and this is, um, in, in these in these companies, I mean, I've ran into it so many times, Joe. They've been suppressing wages. I have, I have almost been beaten down physically by people that I thought were Trumpers, but they really aren't. What it is is they are so scared of going to live up under the bridge. They do not, yep. they do not, it's almost like blasphemy against the CEO. You can't talk about justice and equality and stuff. They will attack you in these companies, man, because they don't want to risk their job. It's scary stuff. And you know, one of the things, Elon Musk, when he gets into the idea of low birth rates, one of the things a people, a lot of people talk about low birth rates is they mean low birth rates for white people and it's it's not too far off from talking about the great replacement theory that people of color are going to take over. He didn't exactly say that, but when you start to go down that path, that's what they're talking about, Dave, and that's what's scary. And on the corporate part, I have to tell you, Judd Legum, who does, reads, writes Popular Info, is on a tear calling out the corporations that are funding these Republicans who are taking rights away. And they all like 
fly their pride flags and they all talk about how they're going to protect their their female employees, but they are donating to the people who are taking those rights away. And the reason why I'm saying that, there's a caller, he doesn't really call John Fugel saying too much, but there's a caller, he always says he is a Bernie supporter and he wants to know why we're attacking Trump because Trump has the support of the working class. And, I mean, it, it's completely, we are misunderstanding it. We are missing it. These people, like I said, Joe, I've, I've been almost physically attacked by them. So, I, but I've had to, like, back off and say, what it is is they're desperate. It's wage suppression. It's wage yeah. suppression. They don't want nobody yeah. rocking the boat. All right, but that's no. it. All right. Well, thanks for the call. It's always good to talk to you. <laughs> Let's get one more call in before we have to go to a break. Rich in Indiana. Rich, what's going on? Hey, man, thanks so much. This is a brilliant conversation that you guys are having. I tell you, I, I just get so lit up. Um, and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. I wanted to offer, uh, as, a, as a way of adding to what you've been talking about, uh, the term reluctant or reluctance about discussing fascism. And I think that it would be more powerful to acknowledge that we could say this is squeamishness on the part of those that are refusing to call things out. And additionally, when we are in these hard conversations, people will say that they are appalled. Oh, it is appalling. Well, no, goddammit, it's not that it's appalling. I'm not interested in somebody feeling their conscience. I'm interested in naming something what it is, which is an atrocity something that is atrocious or something that is an atrocity, a crime. All right. So we're talking about crime and corruption. And I don't really give any care to somebody finally feeling the prick of their conscience and, and saying that, Oh, appalled, appalled. So watch for that and don't let it pass. And also call out reluctance, and say that's squeamishness and that amounts to cowardice. Get in the game, start calling stuff out for what it is as crimes, as corruption, as breaking the law, okay? We are accepting broken law all the time. We've got a real problem when people are permitting what amounts to secret law having a superior standing to every title of U.S. code. And they're rolling us, man. They are just rolling us continuously. Absolutely, Rich. All right, brother. All right. Okay. We'll we'll talk again sometime, Rich. Give me a call again sometime. But um, it's just really important. You cannot have a democracy when the, the laws are being broken right before our eyes. And once you give in and say Donald Trump's it doesn't matter. You're giving up. It, it just can't happen. Anyways, we're going to take a break. We'll get back on the phones once we get back in just a few minutes. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? 
then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, welcome back. The United States Department of Justice did file its response to the motion for the special master. And they filed a 36-page document and sent some pictures in, too. It will not surprise you to know they do not agree that there should be a special master appointed. And just, I've been skimming through it. It is, of course, this was filed by the Department of Justice. It is signed by the U.S. attorney from Florida uh, for Southern, the Southern District, Juan Antonio Gonzalez. It is also signed by Jay Bratt, who's the chief of counterintelligence and expert, export control. That's really significant because the Department of Justice is taking this very seriously. OK, and they lay out in very clear well, I should say clear, very legalistically un- unequivocal language. There is no reason to appoint a special master. They have completed the review of the documents to check to see if there was any privileged material. They have already done that. They spell that out. They also, one of the things that's really interesting The government has also developed evidence that government records were likely concealed and removed from the storage room and that efforts were likely taken to obstruct the government's investigation. So obstruction has been a big part. We know the Espionage Act is very much in play, but also obstruction is a big part of what the Department of Justice has been worried about. It's really... uh, they, they actually say DOJ is in the midst of an ongoing criminal investigation pertaining to potential violations of the Espionage Act, 18 U.S.C. 793E, as well as obstruction of justice, 18 U.S.C. 1519, and unlawful concealment or removal of government records, USC, 18 U.S.C. 2071. The intelligence community is also reviewing the seized document to assess the potential risk to national security that would result if these materials were disclosed while they were unlawfully restored at the premises. 
An injunction barring any further review of these documents would therefore not only hinder an ongoing criminal investigation, but would also thwart entirely an ongoing and sensitive review of risks to national security. So they obliterate Trump's arguments. Trump didn't really have any legal arguments. And had he gone to a real judge instead of Judge Eileen Cannon, this wouldn't even be, we wouldn't even be discussing this. It would be moot. But he went to find a judge. He learned from his master, Roy Cohn, and he appointed these judges knowing this is exactly the kind of thing they would do. But the Justice Department, like, <laughs> I mean, I was reading through it and it's like they are not missing anything in this, which you wouldn't expect. <laughs> Marcy Wheeler, who Empty Wheel has done a terrific job of kind of documenting everything all through it. I, I like literally keep a tab open in my browser of Marcy's Twitter feed so I can keep up with it. Marcy pulled out a section and it reads, mindful that the court ruling on the present motion is not the same is not the same court that authorized the search warrant from which this civil action results. The government provides below a detailed recitation of the relevant facts, many of which are provided to correct the incomplete and inaccurate narrative set forth in plaintiff's filings. <laughs> which is like, you know, that's like, that's a brutal line. That's a brutal legal line. And Marcy uh, pulled it out and she wrote shorter DOJ. We don't have to do this, but we will use this opportunity to correct the false claims made by Trump. So that's what we're seeing in this document. It is quite impressive. And if you're on Twitter right now, a lot of the legal reporters, a lot of the legal geeks who have been, you know, waiting all day for this document are tweeting excerpts, tweeting findings. And tweeting the pictures, because like I said, they actually have pictures. They provided pictures to show the documents. They show that you can see documents, top secret, top secret, top secret, secret. And the documents, each of them have a different color, and it's quite obvious which ones are which. So the other thing is, <laughs> they point out, Trump can't claim executive privilege because he's not the executive. I mean... In his mind, he thinks he can do it, but in the law, he can't. And it is going to be interesting to see how Judge Eileen can. I mean, you get a document like this from the Department of Justice signed by Jay Bratt, which heightens the fact that this is a huge national security issue, which is conveyed throughout the document. You know, we're going to see if Judge Eileen Cannon is actually a jurist or a political hack. I tend to think she's a political hack, like I think most of Trump's appointees were. They're GOP political hacks that came up through the Federalist Society. But this is a real test for Judge Cannon. You can't get a document like this and just willy-nilly decide to blow it off because Donald Trump told a bunch of lies. But, you know, that's in the real world. And we're not living in the real world with some of these judges. We are living in a world that Donald Trump is the king and what he says goes, and they are just his hacks. Well, uh, I want to get back to this um, filing by the Department of Justice, but some news late this evening from Corrine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary for President Biden. He has approved an emergency declaration request for the state of Mississippi, directing his team to search federal assistance to the region. 
And she adds, we are committed to helping the people of Jackson and the state of Mississippi during this urgent time of need. This urgent time of need, of course, is that the water is not potable in Jackson, Mississippi. A problem that has been brewing for a long time, and it's really come to a head. And the federal government is going to intervene. The EPA was very concerned that the city and state weren't taking actions, and that's really important. So uh, we'll continue to have updates on on what's happening there over the next couple nights, because I will be with you for the next couple nights. And it's always been so amazing. I swear, this whole year that I've every night I guest host, there's some breaking news or some big thing happening, or it's been wild. And of course, tonight we get this document filed by the Department of Justice. The headline at Politico is Trump team likely sought to conceal classified docs at Mar-a-Lago, DOJ tells judge. So this was... The judge, again, Eileen Cannon, appointed by Trump, who's flirting with his idea of wanting a special master, even though he didn't follow any of the rules of, you know, federal procedure, which are pretty damn strict. I mean, there's a whole there are courses in law school taught about federal civil procedure. It's complicated unless, of course, you're Donald Trump and you're filing something with a Donald Trump appointed Federalist Society political hack. But let me just read a little bit. Uh, This piece is by Josh Gerstein. Josh Gerstein is, of course, the reporter at Politico who got the leaked copy of the Dobbs decision back on May 2nd. And Kyle Cheney, both of these reporters are very good uh, legal reporters. This is their first paragraph. Prosecutors obtained a search warrant for former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate after receiving evidence that there was, quote, likely end quote, an effort to conceal classified documents there in defiance of a grand jury subpoena, a new Justice Department court filing released Tuesday night said. And they add, the 36-page filing was the department's most detailed account yet of its evidence of obstruction of justice, raising concerns that Trump and his attorneys sought to mislead investigators about the sincerity and thoroughness of their efforts to identify and return highly sensitive records to the government. The government also developed evidence that the government records were likely concealed and removed from the storage room and that efforts were likely taken to obstruct the government's investigation. My goodness, they have done a great job on this. We'll be talking about it. I'm sure everyone will be talking about it on the channel tomorrow. But one of the things that's really important to point out is that they found 100 additional classified documents during the search earlier this month. And one of the things we're learning is that some of the documents were so sensitive that the people doing the search weren't even authorized. They didn't have that level of clearance to review them. I mean, and they're just hanging in a room in Mar-a-Lago where we see people just walking through and, oh, Jesus Christ. This is why, you guys, Republican leaders, as we saw in that Washington Post article, Republican candidates, they're slowly starting to tiptoe away from Trump. They're really kind of pissy that he's taking up all their time. It's almost like Republicans are in disarray. You know, 
Nancy Pelosi sneezes and the entire D.C. political press corps writes articles about Dems in disarray. It's almost like they're forbidden to ever say the term Republicans in disarray. But you've got Republicans who are, you know, trying to back away from Trump, trying to back away from their abortion positions. You've got Republicans pissy that Trump is stealing all the attention right now and making the election about him, which of course he is, but they've made him that creature. You've got a lot of angst growing and you've got Republican leaders who won't defend Trump anymore. So we got to keep an eye on this. 10 weeks till November 8th. We've got the momentum. We got to keep it up. We got it. And California's right. Democratic candidates need to talk about abortion. We'll be talking about more of this tomorrow night when I join you again here on Tell Me Everything. Once again, great thanks to Chris and Thea. They make it really easy. I want to thank our guests, Ann Warner from Wren in South Carolina. Always fascinating. I'll be back with you tomorrow night here on Tell Me Everything. Stay strong, everyone. Stay in the fight. Have a good evening and we'll talk tomorrow.